needed. As Caitlin mentioned, just uh, be in prayer for our pastor as they head back. They'll be back next week. Or they'll be back this week, but pastor will be back preaching next week. Let's take our Bibles and we'll do our Bible decree as we get ready to hear the word from Pastor Luke. Now you guys have to help me out here because this is the first time I've ever done the Bible decree in front of everybody. And I can't read it because it's over here. And it's not back there where I can see it. So this is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its word in my heart that I might sin against God. Amen. Let's welcome Pastor Luke up. Children, you are dismissed also to head back to class today. Once again, we want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for choosing whether you are here in person or you're joining us online. Thank you for just worshiping and being with us today. There once was a young boy who, when he would get in trouble and sent to his room, he would climb out of his window and climb down the tree so he could still go outside. Well, one day he heard his father say to his mother, you know what? That tree has not produced any fruit for years. I think we should cut it down. Boy's like, wait a second. They cut it down. How am I going to sneak out? What can I do? So the next day, he went and he got a bunch of apples. So he put a bunch of apples underneath, tied some fishing line on them, hung them in the trees. Like, oh, they won't be able to see that those are just hanging there. It's like, all right. Yeah, I think I got it. So the next morning, he's like, all right, I got to be up. I got to hear what mom and dad say about this. So at breakfast the next day, the father says, can you believe it? That tree has fruit on it. How could this happen? The boy said, I don't know. God works in wonderful ways. The father said, he must work in mysterious ways because those are apples in there. And that's a pear tree. Let's pray today. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can come and gather together. We can worship you. We thank you for the fact that we still have the Bible, that we are still allowed here in this country to open it and to receive your word. I pray that you speak through me today. Let me be used as a vessel in your holy and most gracious name. Amen. And that's exactly what we are going to be talking about today. Fruit. The title of my sermon is The Proof is in the Fruit. So what kind of fruit is your life producing? Is your life even producing fruit? I believe that the proof and wanting and working towards being a disciple of God is in the fruits that we produce. As I began to think about how I was going to prepare for the sermon and the wording and everything, I asked myself, what is the goal of the Christian life? And there's lots of things that we could say is the goal 
Lots of things that we can focus on as being the championship of a follower of Christ. But I think Jesus gives us a very clear thing of what he says the goal of the Christian life is. And that's found in Matthew 28, 19. The reward that we have is heaven. But heaven is not the win. That is the reward. Some people think, well, maybe Christian life is all about prophecy. Or maybe it's all about healing. Or maybe it's all about outreach. Or maybe it's all about hospitality. Yes, those things are very important in our Christian life. But they are not the goal. So here in this passage in Matthew, this is after Jesus has resurrected. He is with his disciples one last time. And he is telling them what their purpose is right before he ascends. So Matthew 28, 19 says this. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given to you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The last thing that he tells them, he could have told them anything. He could have said, I want you to build huge churches with pictures of me all over it. I want you to wear a shirt every day that says, I am a Christian, or that I love Jesus. No, he told them to go and make disciples. He said, go and make disciples. A disciple is a personal follower of Jesus. It's not a group event. It's not a church thing. It's not about the organization of the church. It's about the organism of the church. I heard a pastor say it like this. A disciple is someone who learns from him to live like him. A disciple is someone who learns from him, Jesus, to live like him. His last instruction wasn't, I want you to go and be a Christian. He didn't even use the word Christian. That wasn't even used later on until much later. And it was actually used as a derogatory term. He said, I want you to be a follower of me. I want you to make other followers. Go ahead and turn to John 15. If you don't have your Bibles, we are going to put it up on the screen so you can follow along. John 15, starting in verse 1, it says this. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and you will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. This brings great joy to my Father. This brings great joy to God when you produce much fruit. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, 
you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for our friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call, call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. So thinking about verse 8, where God wants us to produce much fruit. Some of us will be like, well, what is my purpose? What, do you, what does God really want me to do? If I become a true disciple, I will produce much fruit. So I began to look at my life and think, where am I producing fruit? Where am I lacking in producing that fruit? Where can I produce more of God's fruit? In what areas do I need to prune so that I can produce more fruit? How do I become more fruitful? So again, we come back to this, which I have talked about before, and we have to know if we are a fan or a follower of Jesus. You know, some people, they're fans of the church. They come to church and they say, yeah, I'm here, but they don't get involved in the church. They don't participate. Or they say they are a Christian, but Monday through Saturday, there's no evidence of that in their life. They say they want to worship God, but their lifestyle completely denies it. Followers are ones who match with what they say. They match with what they say with what they do. There are people who think Jesus is a good example, but then there are people who know that he is the example. There are people who think, well, maybe Jesus is a way. You know, there's Muhammad, there is Buddha, and there are people who know that Jesus is the way. So fans like fruit, but followers bear fruit. Fans like fruit, but followers bear fruit. People who are fans of Jesus, they like the way that it looks. They like the way that it tastes. They like the way that, you know, it's, it's appetizing. It's sweet sometimes. And, you know, it satisfies their hunger a little bit. They like what Christianity and Jesus looks like. But they don't actually produce any of the fruit that God tells us to do. They're not out there showing and actually by their actions, that they are a Christian. It's all words. It's all talk for them. That needs to be our desire as believers, is that we can actually bear fruit. That is our goal here at New Hope, that we bear fruit. That each and every person that comes in, we make sure that they can produce fruit when they walk out the door. 
Now, what does the word bear mean? It means this. It means to carry. Like when you bear a burden, you carry a burden. Followers are actually able to carry fruit. When they look at our lives, when unbelievers, when unchurch people look at our lives, they see that we are actually carrying fruit. So why are we carrying this fruit? There are two reasons that we are carrying this fruit. One is so that we can display the fruit to the world. We can display God's love, God's mercy, God's peace to the world. We want to show it off to people. We want to, people to look at us and be like, that person, I can tell they're a Christian by the way they act, by the way they talk, by everything that they do. John 13, 34 through 35 says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Verse 35 says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love will prove that you are my disciple, that you are a true follower of Christ. I want the world to know that you are my disciple, he says. When you love each other, when they don't expect it, when you don't think they deserve it, but you still love them. That's how the world knows that we are true disciples of Christ. So the first reason we need to bear fruit, we need to carry fruit, is so people can see it. The second reason is so people can eat of our fruit. So they can come to us when they are in need. They can come to us when they are hurting. They can come to us when they don't have peace in their life and we can help give them a little peace. When we carry fruit, people can come to us and taste it. When people come in contact with me or people come in contact with you, they should be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. There is nothing like being around a bunch of people who are actually bearing the fruits of God, who are positive, who when you get around them, you can get nourished. You can get filled because they're giving you what your life truly desires. Christ says that is how people will know that you are my true disciple. God wants fruit in your life. I don't care where you are right now. If you think you're being fruitful, if you think, well, I've got a little bit of fruit in my life, or maybe you don't really have much fruit at all, or maybe your plate is completely empty. God wants you to produce more fruit than you already have. So there are two types of fruit I want to talk about today real quickly. Two types of fruit. The first is inner fruit. And that is the fruits of the Spirit. Inner fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. The things that God is working in our lives. The things that He wants to move out of our lives. And the things that He wants to put in our lives. So the fruit of the Spirits are found in Galatians chapter 5. So turn with Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. It says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature, 
The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, demission, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have told you before, that anyone living these sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want to stop right here and focus on those last couple words. It says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. There are people who are going to go around and tell you that if you do any of those things, you can't get into heaven. Well, it says they can't inherit. An inheritance is like a reward. So when it says, if you are doing those things, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. It's saying that you will not be rewarded. The Bible talks about you know, the rewards that we will receive in heaven. The crowns and jewels. So you can still get into heaven if you have done those things. Maybe if you are still struggling with those things, but your lack of rewards will be there. So you can still get into heaven. You just won't receive the rewards. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our loves, lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The fruits of the Spirit are not of us at all. We cannot produce any of those things on our own without God. When we try to produce those things, we mess up. Because we're not relying on the Holy Spirit. This week when Pastor called me and to talk to me about, you know, the trick-or-treating I had to right away start practicing some of those fruits of the Spirit. I had to right away start practicing self-control and telling myself, this is not about me. This is not about all the thought that me and my team have put into it. And that's that's what I started to do. Okay. Me and my outreach team, we've put a lot of thought into this. Me and my outreach team, we've put a lot of work into this. I put a lot of work into designing the banners. I, I... And it's not about me. I have to practice having joy even though we're not going to have this event and we're going to have something in replace of it. I have to practice patience that God will still use us to be a light to the community even though we put this outreach off. I have to practice faithfulness and serving God, even though I'm disheartened that we have had to come to this decision. 
I had to practice gentleness in coming up here today to let all of you know that we are not doing this event. So I had to put into practice this week all the fruits of the Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead my life. Because if I would have tried to handle canceling this event on my own, I would have been angry and bitter. But I had to let the Holy Spirit lead. I like what it says. It says here in, oh, let's see, verse 23, it says, There is no law against these things. There is no law against the fruits of the Spirit. It means you can't do any of those too much. There is a speed, but there is also a speed limit. There is a law on how fast you can go. You can eat, but you can eat too much. You can sleep, but you can sleep too much where your body starts to shut down. Well, against the fruits of the Spirit, God says, there is no way you can do any of these too much. I'm giving them to you to use freely and how much you want to do. I want you to use these every day and in every aspect of your life. I want you to keep giving these away. Number two, the second fruit is outer fruit. Good works. Matthew 5.16 says this, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for, for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Another version says this, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God would rather you be the change than just talk about it all the time. He wants people to see your good works. Now we have to remember that it's not the works that save us. It's the grace of God that saves us. Because the grace of God saves us, now we can do these good works. We can produce good fruits. So it starts on the inside as the fruits of the Spirit, and it comes out as actions in good works. It starts as an attitude and becomes an action. We're going to read John 15, verses 1 through 8 again. So John 15, starting in verse 1, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can't do anything. If anyone does not abide me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And as they gather to throw them into the fire, they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will be able to desire, you will, 
You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, and you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 8 right there tells us what we need to know. It says, by this bearing fruit, my Father, God is glorified when you produce fruit. And you will be called my disciples. So there are four types of Christ followers that we're going to look at today. Four types of Christ followers, and we're going to break this passage down here in John a little bit. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So Jesus is the vine, and God is the owner of the farm. Verse 2 says, every branch in me. So there are people who are saved, and they are heading to heaven, and they have received grace through faith. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. So what this tells us is there are Christians who want to follow Christ, but they have an empty plate. They are not bearing any fruit. So we call these people no fruit followers. Think about yourself today. Self-evaluate today. Are you in a place that you are following Christ, but maybe you are not bearing any fruit? You are on your way to heaven. You know, I have been saved. I have been redeemed. But my plate is empty. When people look at me, they can't really tell that I'm a Christian. God wants fruit in your life. There are another type of fruit followers as we keep going. Further down in verse 2 it says, Every branch in me that bears fruit, so there is some fruit. There are some believers, and they bear some fruit. So we call these people some fruit followers. They have a little bit of fruit. They have a little bit of something on their plate that people look at and be like, Oh, yeah, I can, I can tell. They, you know, they love God. They must go to church sometime. They are some fruit followers. So they're following Christ, and there are some areas in their life, not all, but some that people can look at and they can eat from. Maybe you do really well with self-control and people come to you and be like, okay, I can see you do really well in this self-control area of your life. You exercise, you eat well, how do you do it? And you can give them a little bit of the fruit that you have. So back to verse 2, it says, Every branch... Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. So if you're bearing fruit, the way that you can bear more fruit is to get pruned. And when you get pruned, you become a more fruit follower. So now you went from some fruit to more fruit. Christ came along and he said, all right, I've got to cut this area out of your life. We've got to trim a little bit here because I want you better tomorrow than you are today. So we call these people more fruit followers. And most of us, if we're being completely honest, we would say, 
I'm good right here. I'm not all the way down at the end where I don't have an empty plate, but my plate's pretty full. I talk about Jesus. I do my devos. I have patience. I love people. I have joy. I kind of struggle with, you know, kindness and gentleness. But I do pretty well. Most of us would be happy with just that little bit of fruit on our plate. But that's not all that God has for us. Back to the text. Verse 3 says, You are already clean because of this world in which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. You can't bear any fruit unless you are connected to Jesus. Unless you abide in Him. Verse 5 is where we get the last follower of Jesus. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me, he who remains in me and I in him, bears much fruit. So you have a plate that is overflowing with fruit. You just, we say, ooze out the love and joy of Jesus. Anytime somebody sees you, they're like, there is something different about that person. Look at them. They just have joy. They love, they just, they just overflow with what Christ's example is. And we say this is a much fruit follower. This is what our life can look like when we abide in Christ. We can bear much fruit fruit. You can be fruitful. Everyone who is listening here today, listening online, listening today on October 24th, 2021, or maybe you're listening later in the week, or months from now, or because of the awesome technology that we have, somebody can be listening to messages years down the road. I want you to know that God desires for you to have much fruit. He wants you to be overflowing with everything from Him. Maybe you say, you know what? Yeah, my, my, lamb's, my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm, I'm saved. But nobody can eat off your life. Nobody can get anything from you because your plate is empty. Nobody can see that you are a true disciple of Christ. And nobody can even come to you in their time of need. Remember, this whole thing, this whole Christian life is not about us. But it's always about Him. It's always about what we read in Matthew 28 where we are supposed to go and make disciples. We are supposed to go and make more of us. But we can't do that if we are not bearing any fruit, if we are not showing God's love, if we are not abiding in Him. And I believe that the reason that the church is in a decline today all over the nations is because we have fruitless believers. But I think that's changing here at New Hope. I think we have 
a group of believers that really want to be passionate followers of Christ. I know as the pastoral ministry team and as our leadership team, we are praying constantly that you will fall more in love with Jesus so we can reach more people. So how do we go from being a no-fruit follower to a much-fruit follower? One word. Desire. We have to have the desire for it. Philippians 2.13 says this, For God is working in you. God is working in you. Don't we have an awesome God who no matter what we are doing in our life, He says, I am working in you. No matter what step you are on in your life, God says, I am working in you right now. Whether you have no fruit on your plate, I'm working in you. Or whether you have a full plate of fruit, I am working in you. I am working in you to giving you the desire. The reason that you are here today, the reason that you are listening online, is because God is giving you some sort of desire for Him. He says, I have given you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So He just doesn't give us the desire to please please Him. He also gives us the power. It's like this. If somebody brings me a bowl of cereal with no milk, I just have... Something that I probably won't eat. But if you give me a bowl of cereal with milk, I can enjoy that. I can taste that it is good. I can't just look at the cereal. I mean, you can eat cereal dry, but it's not the best dry. It's the best when it has that milk on it. So that's like our life. It's better when there's something else in it. God is saying this. I'm not just going to give you one part. I'm, going to give, I'm not just going to give you the desire, but I'm going to give you the desire and the power to accomplish it. Accomplish what pleases Him. God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to have much fruit. At the end of the service, we're going to have what we call an altar call. Maybe you've never been here, or we call it an invitation. It's a time where you can come down and you can say, God, I want to have a full plate of fruit. I want to be a much fruit follower. I want my life to be overflowing in abundance for you. I want to get rid of everything that's holding me back. And I want to be used by you. If you make that your prayer. I want you to be forewarned that change will come. But it won't come without a little bit of pain. A little bit of the pruning that God is going to give you. What happens in your life when you start to produce some fruit? Okay, I've got some fruit and I want to get some more fruit. I feel like maybe I'm here, but I want to get over here. 
Let's look at what the Word of God tells us. It says that every branch that bears fruit, and this is where the pain comes in, he says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. God says, I'm not mad at you for bearing some fruit, but I want you to have more fruit. So now I have to come in and I have to cut off those things that are not of me. Those things that you are still hanging on to of your past. Those things that will stunt your growth. I have to cut them off. Some of us think that this is a punishment. But it's just a pruning. You thought that people leaving your life and that God disconnecting you was saying that he was not with you? You thought that maybe having to move from one place to another was God saying that he is not with you? But no, God is saying, I'm trying to take you from some fruit and I'm trying to make you have more fruit. But it's going to take pain. Pruning is painful. The loss of that relationship is painful. Having to relocate is painful. Having to do without the crutches that you used to walk on is painful. God's desire in you is not to produce just a little fruit, but it's going to produce much fruit. But that is going to always take pruning. Maybe some of you are in a season of your life right now where you think that this is a punishment. And God's saying, no, no, no. It's not a punishment what you're going through. I'm trying to make you produce more fruit. We have to change our perspective. I want you to be encouraged today that what you're going through in your life can help you produce more fruit. More of God's love, His peace, His patience, His kindness, His gentleness, His self-control. When you see the shears come out, don't get scared and run. Because that's what some of us, and that's what I have done before. When I have seen those shears come out and I feel that God's working me, I have run because it's painful. But we have to be pruned in order to produce more fruit. Well, I feel like I'm producing more fruit now. My plate isn't empty, and I've got plenty that I can handle right now. So how do we go from more fruit to much fruit? And it says this in verse 4. In order to produce much fruit, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. Stay in me. Stay locked into me in every moment of your life. Stay with me every step of the way, and you can produce much fruit. The word abide, it means to stay in a place for a long period of time. In a time where we don't want to stay in a long period, we don't like contracts anymore. Every cell phone company, every internet company is doing away with contracts because we know everybody doesn't like them. God is saying, stay with me, but stay with me through the struggle. 
Stay with me through the hard times. Stay with me even when it hurts. Stay connected to me. I heard this once, and they said that the best wine and the best tasting grapes come from grapes that went through the cold season. Grapes that endured the struggle. Maybe you need to go through a struggle to produce fruit in your life. If you stay in Christ and you stay connected and abide in Him through the hard times, you will produce much fruit. If your marriage is in trouble and you have gone through the hard times and come out on top, how much of a testimony is it where people can now come to you for advice because they see that you went through the struggle? If you have a small business and it is struggling, and then all of a sudden you make it through and you come out on top, and now you can be an example to others. For those who have fought addiction, how much of a testimony is it where you can now reach out to other people and be like, listen, I've been there, but I know you can make it through if you abide in Christ. Because now your life is producing fruit, you can give somebody else a piece of that fruit. John 10.10 says this, I want you to have life, but I want you to have it more abundantly. I want you to have it to the fullest. I want your life to be overflowing. I want you to have so much love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that it overflows in every area of your life. It overflows at home. It overflows in the workplace. It overflows when you're hanging out with your friends. It overflows at church because there are people who are coming in who don't have any of those in their life. And they're hurting. And the only way we can reach them is if we are producing fruit ourselves. I want you to have so much that it won't even fit on your plate anymore. I don't want you just to have more fruit. I want you to have much fruit. So my last and final point today is this. It's all about the root. He says, abide in me. Verse 4 says this, if you abide in me, if you remember who the root is, if you remember where all the nutrients are supplied from, if you remember that God has given us everything we can produce in our life, Jesus says, remember that I am the vine. I am the root, and you need to stay connected to me in order to produce fruit. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless you are connected to the vine. You cannot bear anything good unless you are connected to Jesus. Through daily prayer, through daily reading, through daily connection with 
God. Some of us have tried. I have tried in my life to produce fruit, to live a life without being truly connected to God. And the fact is that we will not produce any fruit. We will have heartache, struggle, and strife. There is a scripture that says this, A good tree will always produce good fruit. And a bad tree never produces any fruit. God is saying if you just stay connected to me and my son, that you will be able to produce much fruit. So maybe there's someone here today or listening who has been running. And you're going after the things that are not of God. The things that are not going to produce fruit in your life. When Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So without being connected to Christ, we can't do anything. Without being connected to Christ, no things. With being connected to Christ, all things. All things are possible when we are connected to Christ. Jesus Christ is the vine. And we can produce much fruit. And that is God's desire today. The thing is, what are you going to let God prune from your life today? What are you going to let Him cut out of your life that you say, I don't need that anymore because it's not bringing me closer to Him and it's not letting my light shine to others. We're going to pray. And like I said, we're going to open up the altar here for you to make a decision on how much fruit you want to produce. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are the vine and that you give us the nutrients that we need every day. I pray that we will abide in you through every season of our life. That we will stay connected to you. But I also pray that you help us realize what needs pruned from our lives. What needs cut away. What do we need to get rid of today? That way we can be closer to you and we can make more disciples. In your heavenly, most gracious name, amen.